This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. G'day, Steve Menzies here, and this is the Seagulls Business Podcast, hosted by Seagulls Commercial Manager, Ben Brody, and Chief Commercial Officer, Luke Tucker. Each week, Ben and Luke will be joined by Seagulls Corporate Partners and other special guests to chat about all things business. And of course, a bit of footy. The Seagulls Business Podcast is proudly presented by Manly Media Partner, ASCII Live Media. Now... Let's get down to business. Thank you, Beaver, and hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sea Eagles Business Podcast, proudly presented by our media partner, ASCII Live Media. I'm Ben Brody, Commercial Manager at the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, and I'm joined by my co-host and Chief Commercial Officer of the Sea Eagles, Luke Tucker. G'day, Luke. Thanks, Ben. Good to be here. Looking forward to this one. Should Definite, be a bit of fun. Definitely. This is the one we're after. Uh, therefore, it gives me a great pleasure to welcome today into the studios, Four Pines co-founder, Jaron Mitchell. Hello, Jaron. Hey, gents. How are you both? Yeah, very well. Very well. It's um, great to have you down here. You've travelled down from Boomerang Beach, I believe, yeah, today. About, about three hours north on the mid-north coast. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, it's a pleasure to have you in here today. Best way to start things off is to get an understanding of the man himself. Uh, but before we do that, it'd probably be rude not to crack it open a Four Pines while you're here today. So Yeah, uh, I'm glad you've actually got those seagull cans as well. Mate, That's, absolutely, yep. absolutely. It's only, it's, uh, it is a- Ah, uh, it's a tough life. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's 8.30 in the morning here. It's not, it's not, but we enjoy it no matter what. Had one last night over dinner, actually. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm running I'm running low. They're getting harder to get. Yeah, I know they are. I know, I know someone. I know someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the next batch we're going to have to crank out is going to have to be a massive one. Excellent. I'm yeah. sure the fans, the members will be keen to hear that. Jaron, tell us a little bit about yourself. You hail from the state of Western Australia. Yeah, that's right. Can't get back there at the moment yeah. um, to visit anyone. But um, yeah, so I grew up about three hours south of Perth, a little town called uh, Yelling Up, sort of near Margaret River. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My first exposure to rugby league actually was when the uh, gone Western Bla- Reds, Western Reds yep. exactly, yeah. And, and Mark Guyer came and did a school clinic yeah. uh, when we were about 13 and it was probably the most intimidated I've been in my life. Having <laughs> what did he teach you how to fight? <laughs> <laughs> just this huge forehead just kind of you know, bar- <laughs> barring down on you. So, uh, you know, so we, we actually went from there and we did um, uh, rugby league in, uh, you know, for phys ed for a, for a term. Yeah, great. And that, that was the... Pretty much the only exposure I had of, of rugby league um, until I actually moved over here in 2004. Right. So how was that? Uh, huge AFL heartland over there and playing the enemy's game, so to speak. Was there a bit of bone of contention with your choice of sport? You mean being over there growing up and, and playing when, rugby, when league. rugby league sort of dropped in? Yeah. Oh, I think, um, well, sort of Margaret River uh, or yelling up that kind of southwest corner was, um, you know, Aussie rules, um, surfing and, and weed smoking. I think that, that <laughs> sure, was the other three right. sports In choice. In that order? Yeah. I, I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I think there was always, uh, you know, when, you know, because obviously, I mean, I can't recall back. I was born in the 80s, but I can't recall back in the, the, the 60s and 70s and, you know, even the early part of the 80s, you know, when it, there was, you know, not really television and, mm. you know, you, to go and watch a game of sport, you actually had to go to the ground. And, and even... Um, 
the AFL as a competition didn't arrive in in Western Australia until the, the late 80s. Back in the day, you went and watched the, the West Australian Football League the same way that you'd watch the, the Sandful in you know, South Australia or the VFL in Victoria, right? So it was still kind of in its, in its I suppose, early days of commercialising of sport in general. So when things like uh, the Western Reds and, and you know, the Western Force even, you know, a few years after that kind of hit the ground, not only did you have a, a big body of expats, um, you know, from the eastern states but also from, um, you know, a lot of South Africans and English people and, and so on and so forth, there was always enough of a, a good uh, core base of people that, that knew the, the game or games um, and, and there's, just all, there's always intrigue. Um, so when the, you know, Western Reds um, uh, came to, you know, did the school clinic, they had a bunch of tickets and, uh, you know, we're three hours, you know, from, from the ground in Perth and, you know, no one was going. <laughs> so they gave them to the, um, the, the, the PE teacher and then the next day um, we, we had to go to Perth just by chance and I went back to the PE teacher and I said, oh, I'm going to Perth, you know, I'd love to go, you know, I'd love to go to the game. And he goes, oh, no worries. And he had, you know, all 10 tickets. He goes, I'll just take the 10. Mm. Um, there's nothing I can do with them. So I got to the game and, you know, my grandma dropped me off um, and I was there with my cousin. And uh, then a scalper came up and offered me 50 bucks. <laughs> and I was, I, I was 13. <laughs> I went, oh, you beauty! So I, I, I gave him the ten tickets, took the took the fifty bucks. I, I was the richest bloke in, in you know. Was that the start of your successful oh, business? Oh, entrepreneur oh, from the beginning, no, no. based in rugby league, <laughs> selling Western Reds tickets. At the start. And and that was, uh, you know, and then I didn't actually get an opportunity to to go to another league game for you know another decade until I moved over here and 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 went and watched the you know, went and watched the Seagulls at Lotto Land. So. Or, you know, back Brookie Oval back then. But well, I mean, that's a great plug for the sponsors. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great way to start. So you did. You moved over to Manly when when you moved yeah, to Sydney. Yeah, in uh, 2004, I moved over. So, you know, uh, you know, finished up school, you know, uni, went and you know, messed around for a little bit, travelling, and mm-hmm. thought I'll go and you know, you know, rather than keep on travelling, I'll sort of use my uh, degree. I'd you know, done an account. What did you study? Uh, Sorry, ca- yeah. Accounting finance. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, got a got a job over here with um, you know, one of the banks, and you know, not so much passionate about the job, just passionate. You know, you're in your early twenties, right? You're just passionate about just hanging out and traveling around, and you know, getting up to mischief. And um, yeah, so you know, moved over and and you know, moved to Manly. I had a few mates here, and yeah, you you feel welcome, I guess, um, almost from day one. So just enjoyed it, and um, you know, what I thought was going to be a a two year, just check it out and. Just go surfing up and down the east coast and all the rest of it. You know, you know, here I am. You know, fifteen years later, I came with a, a quite literally a backpack, a surfboard, and a um and a, and a pillow. I've got this you know pillow that I kind of like the you know the ergonomic sort of thing. That was my, what came off the turnstile at the airport. And um, yeah, as you as you said, I I moved up to the mid north coast um a couple of years ago, and there I am with you know a wife, two kids, a, a dog. Um, a truck full of furniture, and it was just this, you know, <laughs> this almost slight was the pillow still there. <laughs> no, no, I'd, I'd lo- lo- well and well and truly lost the pillow, but um, but I uh, bought another one. But um, uh, you know, like it's yeah, just uh, just a great period of my life, sort of you know, living and, and being around the northern beaches, and you know, still a place that you know I work and, and recreate, and you know, here at the moment, and you know, a, a place I love to call home. Yeah, absolutely. For uh, obviously a lot of manly fans, and you know, it, it's. 
within our mantra currently of uh, born and bred in Manly, but regardless, Manly forever. So yeah, um, well, I think the two taglines of both companies, no, ours is Manly forever, yours is born in Manly. So yeah, yeah. Pre- <laughs> pretty good yeah. Uh, match. No, <laughs> match made in Manly. I was yeah. going to say match made in heaven, but it's yeah. match made in Manly. Oh, it's pretty much. Heaven. No, it's funny. And, and even, uh, you know, we'll get into the kind of the business and the evolution and, you know, sort of, I suppose how, you know, how we've come together, you know, the, the seagulls mm. and four pines, but, you know, there's just that, um, I, obviously I've looked at the can a thousand times in, you know, designs and, but most of the time when I've grabbed it in real life, I've just drunk the thing and, you know, crushed <laughs> it and chucked it in the bin. Right. But last night I was actually, again, just digesting the text and, you know, pretty, you know, cool moment seeing, you know, official beer of the Manly Seagulls, yeah. you know, kind of written around the the rim. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool thing. It, you know? it was an amazing moment for us. And yeah, we will touch, uh, touch on that later in, in the podcast. Uh, I'd love to know what was your first experience of seeing a live Seagulls game. Can you remember it? Can you remember how it started? Were you, you know, encouraged to go? What did you think of this strange new game that admittedly had made you 50 bucks uh, a few <laughs> years previously um, at a little boutique ground as well, that probably something you wouldn't have seen with your experiences of the Wacker uh, in over in WA. Well, funnily enough, um, like I, I played a little bit of waffle when I was um, back in Perth and um, the the Brookvale Oval, it, it, it had, because there's, there's the bigger waffle grounds. Um, if you played in the grand final, you played at Subiaco mm-hmm, Oval, which was, course. you know, the old sort of AFL ground. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it had that real, you know, you could, you could almost feel the board shaking and that it had, it, there was a certain rawness yet, uh, you could smell, you can almost smell the, yeah. you know, the, 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 um, I don't know, what would you call the, the deep heat? The, 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 yeah, the, yeah. En- the energy yeah, almost, yeah. you know, coming off the ground yeah. and, and not like I, I love going to, you know, the MCG or, you know, other big sporting grounds, but there's a certain sense of, um, you know, not sterile is the wrong word, but you, you don't feel as close to, to the of game. Course. Whereas, you know, that you can almost feel like you can you know, yell across at the opposition, you know, on the, the other oh, side that, that here, you know. So. And opposition think, teams would tell you that. Yeah. I think to that point too, with a lot of different teams sharing the same uh, home grounds these days, it is very, I guess, I think you use the word sterile where one team are playing there as their home ground one day, then the next day you've got another team, could even be a different sport playing there. Yeah. Whereas our field, it's just, it's ours. And when you're there, you know you're playing against Manly. All right, Jaron, something that we all want to know. We've all been in jobs where we've just gone, you know what, I'm doing this, but gee, I'd rather do this because this is my passion. I love sport, I love beer, I love music, whatever. How did you go from a suit and tie job in business and accounting to beer? Yeah, well, it, the story is, is you know, as simple as, um, you know, father and son post-surf, you know, eating a pie just up at Collaroy and, mm. um, you know, father leans over to the son and says, you know, where do we go get a decent beer? And uh, um, well, I knew exactly what he meant. Um, again, growing up in that sort of small part of Western Australia, back when, you know, in the, the 80s and the, the early part of the 90s, um, you sort of you you went to breweries, you know, on a Sunday afternoon with your family and kind of listened to music and you know drank some beers from the the tanks that you know the beer was made two meters away and um, you know I mean I didn't drink beer sort of as a you know, 13, 14 year old but um, you know uh, uh, you know you're just in that environment and in that vibe and and uh, you know the big sprawling lawns and you know just cool places to hang out and because uh, you know the world was 
you know, sort of gentrifying, I guess. And that was one of the last corners of, of the planet to you know, for gentrification to get there. I mean, there's, you know, McDonald's still can't get a, a McDonald's going in Margaret River. You know, it's just too many kind of community mm-hmm. petitions and similar yeah, to Byron Bay. That, that sort of yeah. vibe, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, so you know, back, you know, it was nothing that you know, you'd go and buy your meat from the, the local guy and you'd go and get your chair from the or the, your stools from the guy that actually you know, makes them by hand. And you know, back in the 80s and 90s, that was all daggy, right? You know, that wasn't uh, and, and where funnily enough, you fast forward, you know, 20, 25 years, and that's what people are looking for, yeah. they're looking for these kind of real. You know, authentic, authentic kind yeah. of experiences and and things that they can touch and things that are bespoke and personalised and you know you go back fifteen years ago and you couldn't give a rug away now people pay stupid amounts for rugs because it's the only one they can get you know it's it's a it's uh not the world gone mad I think it's the world wanting uh you know wanting a sense of um you know stuff that's personalised and yeah. something with a story etc so you know obviously um yeah you know, that that was I remember uh, that was one thing that I did noticed the very first time I moved to Sydney is, you know, I went to the, the tap banks to buy a beer and, you know, it was just lager, 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 you know, like just all sort of your stock standard big commercial lagers. I went, oh, well, I'm I'm here to have a, a good time and not necessarily a long time, so let's just get stuck in and didn't think about it again. But when when Dad brought the point up, I was like, actually, you're, you're dead right. Like, I, I, you know, that's that's, uh, that's something that's missing and not just the beer itself but the, you know, that kind of sense of place and community and, you know, and that was back in 06 and it was about a two-year project to get things up and running. And there's- so, so that process of having a pie with your dad post-surf, you're saying there's no craft beer to get, how do you then get to moving in that right direction? Because there's so many people out there, and I'm one of them, who've decided, you know what, I'm going to do a home brew. And you do a home brew and you sort it all out and it's kind of all right and then you lose your passion for it and then you're done. Well, you got to clean it afterwards. That's why you lose your passion <laughs> exactly. for it, right? Like, and you go, "Gee, I've got to clean it to do the next yeah. one." This is a pain in the ass. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, um, I guess um, uh, you know where where I was going to go with that, and and there's a there's a little saying that you know you're not uh, what is it? You're not a real country until you've got um, I think it's a, a football team and an airline. I think that's there's some quote out there like that, and I think there's something along the lines of you, you're not a real community until you've got a brewery, you know, that's that's yours that you belong in. And breweries were, you know, you go back to European times of 500 years ago, they were the they were the epicenter of the, you know, the town square, you know, along with the church and you know, kind of all the other right because um, it was it was don't drink. This I think going back into you know, you know, well back in Germ- Germany. Because obviously freight and logistics and all that kind of thing doesn't exist like it does today, and cold storage and so on and so forth. If you can't walk to a town, don't drink beer from that town. So, so it was almost like a sense of providence and freshness, and you know, sure. so on and so forth. Sure. So, I think there's some inherent thing, you know, around just beer as, as sort of wrapping up a you know community and culture, etc. Right? Yeah, and especially a beach culture as well, like and the surf culture of locals only. It probably transcends to that. Um, uh, brewery and and the the local beer etc. Absolutely, and, and culturally, culturally, this place, um, you know, the northern beaches is very very similar to where I grew up. Just you know, probably with a hundred times the population density. You know, that's probably sure. the only difference, which is better for a you know young kid in their twenties, you know, versus a, a small town, right? But um, yeah, I guess uh, so. Then from there, <clears throat> it was uh, you know my my uh, folks. Um, you know, I, I come from a you know. I suppose 
it'd be fair to say probably middle class kind of a family. Um, and they, um, I look back at it and go, wow, you guys were crazy. They just sold a little business. They were in um, uh, ecotourism, whale and dolphin watching. And that was for about 15 years. And they just sold that and had probably got themselves to a point where they're like, right, we can you know, have a, a pretty nice middle class kind of retirement. And um, yeah, they they stumped up and you know put their house back into the deal and everything. So if it had gone tits up, wow. they, yeah, they would have lost their house <laughs> and the whole bit, right? So they they were kind of the you know if you like gave us the access to capital. Um, and then there was my brother, uh, my well, girlfriend at the time, now wife. So lucky that turned out that way, uh, and myself, and we were kind of the, the sweat, I guess. And that's how we put it together. And and you know, at the time. Uh, my brother, wife, and I said, oh, look, if it all goes tits up, don't worry about it. You'll have a roof over your head. We'll just, you know, work our nuts off and, you know, make sure, you, you know, you, you, you're kept. But kind of what I've realised in retrospect now that I've got my own kids and what you're ultimately doing is you're just, I was wagering my uh, kids' outcome, you know, onto, onto like a present day, mm. but but without actually sort of knowing that at the time. So, you know, you talk about, you know, what what's sort of sometimes the success in, in business and, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of hard work. There's a, a lot of luck. You know, there's probably a little bit of skill, but sometimes it's almost just, you know, blind stupidity. And, um, you know, like would, would I make those same calls today, you know, sort of 13 or how many years on it is, 13, 14, 15 years on, you know, just sort of being older and having more at stake with kids? Probably not, you know. Um, so it was, you know, timing as well. And and even even getting the, the finance, you know, like we, we got all the finance, um, uh, to, to start everything up just before the GFC, um, yeah, back in 2008, had we uh, gone for that same round of funding six months later, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to get the dough to even get started. So there's all these sliding door moments, and you know, and, and um, yeah, like I said, that's you know, bit of luck, bit of skill, bit of hard work, um, you know, bit of bit of just naivety, and uh, you, you put it all together, and hopefully something good spits out. So. You fast forward, you have the brewery in Brookvale. Is that where it all began? No, it actually began in Manly. Um, so a little brew pub just opposite the Manly Wharf um, and, you know, a little kind of 100-seater, 500-litre uh, brewery. So, you know, we could knock out, it was about, uh, I think, 25 kegs a week was the was the rough plan. Uh, we knew that if we did about 20 kegs a week, you know, we'd be washing our face and breaking even and, you know, that sort of thing and, you know, selling a bit of food on the side. But we thought, oh, it might take us six to 12 months to get there and we'll just, you know, hold on for dear life. Uh, within three weeks, we were, you know, doing about 30 kegs. So we sort of had to, <laughs> within within the third week of actually trading, we had to work out how we, you know, start to make more beer to, you know, just supply the, you know, our little thing that we'd built had already been over spec. So that's probably one lesson I've had the whole time of, I've always thought, right, how how far do I, you know, where do I think we're going to be? What's the business plan say? How far do I really think we could be? I'll probably double that again. Okay, well, then triple that number again, you know, and then and just build build big because you'll end up, you know, most of the time you'll end up growing into it. And that, you know, I think now we're right now we're completing. Uh, so we opened Brookvale in uh, 2011, uh, 2010, 2011, and uh, we're now doing our fourth, you know, remodel you know we've, we've just got shed we've got more sheds we've connected them with pipes you know over the top of the rock climbing center and you know there's beer kind of it's almost like a willy wonka's you know chocolate factory down there now if you, if you have a bit of a tour 
um, but it works. And uh, you know, even with the best guesses of you know building it five and six times as you can imagine, we're still you know years later having to you know build it bigger and build it bigger again. So yeah, you know, it's a it's a um, you know, I suppose it's just a, a fun journey just to keep pulling the thread as you go and, and seeing where you land. Yeah, moving at exponential rate. Um, up and there goes the halftime siren we hear in the background. It's uh, it's something that I'm more than happy to continue talking about. Beer is very close to my heart, as I'm sure it is for, for Luke and, you, and yourself and all of our listeners. But we do need to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and we will be back for the second half of our chat with Four Pines uh, co-founder, Jaron Mitchell. Born in Manly, Four Pines is the official beer of our home team, the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. We're so proud of our partnership with the mighty Sea Eagles that we've released a co-branded Northern Beaches Lager. To order online, visit fourpinesbeer.com.au. Even better, drop into one of our venues and enjoy a nice cold one on tap. We'll see you on the hill. Cheers. And welcome back for the second half of our chat here today with Four Pines co-founder, Jaron Mitchell. Jaron, we uh, heard about the evolution of Four Pines, and I think the second half is a great opportunity to discuss about the partnership uh, between Four Pines and the Manly Warringah Seagulls. So as everyone out there should know now, the Four Pines is the official beer of the Manly Seagulls. Luke, you probably want to talk uh, a little bit about how it started because it wasn't just you're a beer, you're in the same area, let's do some sponsorship. It's a porridge deal that starts at Lotto Land at, at, uh, at our home ground for our games and and has evolved from there. Yeah, I think Jaron mentioned earlier about making the right decisions at the right times and I think our partnership was very much, it just, it just happened at the right time. There was, um, we kind of always were there operating with such a manly um, core to both of our businesses um, and we're operating parallel. Four Pines are already sponsoring, I think, Manly Cricket and Moringa Rats and a few of the other uh, local sporting, that, that very, very local feel. Obviously, as the Seagulls, we're the, the biggest brand on the Northern Beaches um, in terms of sport. Um, and, and I would see Four Pines as, as one of the biggest brands um, in the commercial world on, mm. the, on the Northern Beaches as well. So kind of made sense that we we're going to come together at some point. Um, and it was we, just, we just had to win our stripes. <laughs> it was a timing all. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we just didn't have your mobile number yet. Once we got it, it was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well fun, funnily enough, uh, yeah, because we only started in 2008, right? So the, the club goes back to the 50s, is that? 47. 47, yeah. yeah. So it's our 75th year next year. Oh, cool, yeah. But, of course, 2008 is when we won our grand final, 40-0. Well, well, so. well, funny enough, it was because I remember getting pretty pumped up on that and the there was a bus with no top. Uh, and the, the whole yeah. team was cruising around on the bus yes. with, with no top. And, yes. you know, and probably, a lot of them had no tops on. Yeah, well. I was going to say, yeah, shirts off, the whole thing. And and the bus drove straight past uh, um, our brew pub in Manly. And that's, you know, we'd only been open for three months at the time. And, you know, most of the players hopefully didn't know who we were because they shouldn't have been, you know, drinking during the season, right? <laughs> oh, ma- maybe. It worked that year. Whatever that <laughs> anyway, so th- they've stopped at the traffic light. The bus stopped at the traffic lights there. And because they've got, they're um, uh, sort of at our, we're on a mezzanine level. So the top of the bus was at about our height and me and my brother were on the balcony and, and we just sort of leaned over like we're, we're almost as far away as we are now. And we said, you guys can come here and drink free piss for the day if you want. And <laughs> you could sort of see this like, oh, now we're going to do our tour. And anyway, the bus went off and 
you know, didn't didn't see the the seagulls again. You know, we didn't come together again with the seagulls for uh, you know another ten years or so. But but Brookvale, um, I'm sure you guys know the the Brookvale Four Pines that we subsequently opened. Mm. Um, that's just been this from day one of of us having you know a, a manly home game has just been rammed. You know, pre and post game, and you know even people that. Are, yeah, for whatever reason, you know, going to the games is a bit hard today. I'll just you know sit because we got a big sort of six meter by four meter screen there, and for the away games they're just packed, you know, and it's it's been like that now for you know almost a decade. So I think to your point, we uh, when you were saying before, Luke, we're kind of working kind of in parallel and around each other and and you know through each other and all the rest of it. But it, 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 when we did finally come together last year, it just sort of made sense. Well, it clicked in it yeah. from the very start. Yeah, and uh, you know, not just the the two you know brands and businesses, and you know, as I said, we, we're still probably no, not still probably we're still definitely the you know the, the younger junior partner of the partnership, you know, no doubt, and uh, you know, very honoured to be you know part of the the, the um, you know Seagulls fabric, but um, you know, I, I guess not only was there that kind of cultural synergy and working, you know, enjoying working with everyone and that sort of thing, but um, you know, the the kind of commercial things we invented, you know, just out of thin air, you know, like the the treehouse and I mean the cans were an obvious one, but but just the, you know, even, you know, just sort of being clever and and you know using, you know, kind of the retro that that retro jumper and and but then, you know, we fast forward to to this year and you know, we had some we had a cool script, I guess. Um but then we, you know, the whole world got hit with mm. with covid and everything shuts down and uh, as we we're just talking about before, you know, that's when I think the real you know test comes and the rubber hits the road and you see if your real partner's right. Like you don't, but to your point earlier, Luke, you know, you you go, oh, we're not going to pour much beer this year, <laughs> so you, you just take it on the chin and you go, well, well what can we do? And yeah. you know, we've created the live sessions with the retro games and it's been amazing. It's been you know such a, a good year to just you know I suppose work with you know work together and, and really see what's possible. Yeah, and you know. We're- We'd be ignorant in saying that footy and beer uh, don't go together because they certainly do, and it's a it's a match made in heaven. But it is a partnership that you know has to re- requires work. We'll admit from the start we were not hesitant, but we did have our concerns around um, the blokes who'd been sitting up on the hill drinking the traditional beers for their whole lives, and how the transition to craft beer would be you know everyone's got their their own uh bias and all the rest and we found from the very start there was basically zero issues now that probably came from the fact that your beer tastes so bloody good but also too it's a local brand people knew it and it it was a fantastic start yeah and that's you know it's funny and the the you said before craft beer we've always called ourselves a beer company you know, we're just a, we're a beer company and we're born in Manly and, you know, and we've sort of grown and become a you know, national brand as time's gone on. Um, where, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, the, the fridge at the supermarket or the, the scan data wants to segment us, you know, whether we're imported or craft or, you know, contemporary or you know, whatever, whatever all these names are. When, when people are drinking beers, you know, watching the footy at home or at the ground or on the beach or wherever, they're not, they're not saying, oh, mate, can you please throw me a contemporary beer out of the esky or can, can, can you please throw me a craft beer? Oh, you know, sure. go, go and get me some of those classic beers or, you know, yeah. just, just grab me a beer. Yeah, you know, and I think that's been one of our things from the get-go is to, 
you know think about ourselves as a beer company and think more more about things about you know community and and you know going back to that 500 year old story in Europe with you know the, the little what, what would the beer companies back then do well they, they wouldn't you know dress themselves up and go oh, I'm a craft you know beer company or craft brewer and sit up on a hill and you know kind of all high and mighty that they, they just get on with it and you know, get their hands dirty with the community so um I, I think yep while they're, they're you know certain and you know, obviously a little bit more expensive and you know the price point's a little bit higher you know not much but but you know enough and and thank you for saying the beer's bloody good because you know we think there's something in that it's an but, easy one for me. <laughs> but um especially when he gets a few cartons for free <laughs> what do you think i said that for <laughs> but um you know it, it's it's about um you know I, I guess it's it's about just being you know we, we wanted to be a beer company of of the northern beaches that was accessible to all i guess so you know to hear that it's been a, a really smooth transition, um, you know, and hopefully, you know, we're, we're looking back in ten and twenty years' time, and we're, you know, it feels like that Four Pines has just been around forever, right? That's 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 the hope that we're not this kind of you know new flashy thing, um, and you know, we certainly aren't now. We've we, you know we've been part of the fabric now for twelve years, so it's it's been great. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to say too that obviously we talked about how we work closely with your guys and. We've got to give props to your to your marketing team who are always always got plenty of ideas and we share plenty of ideas and roll out some great stuff together. But I know Ben mentioned that from the start we were a little bit I don't know whether hesitant's the right word or whatever the right word is there, but we're worried about yeah the old the old fellow that sat on the on the hill for a hundred years drinking the same beer and then worried that we're forcing him to drink through the porridge deal that we'd done. We're forcing him to drink this beer that we're saying. Um, turns out that wasn't an issue, but I'd like to think that. The strategy that us and your marketing guys put around it too was that we engage legends of the club and we really use them as the we use them from the day we launched the partnership. We brought back legends who hadn't been seen or heard for for a long time, and we mm. used it as a way of reengaging them with the club. And I think because we've done that, we've really been able to to influence at the same time. Um, but it's been really it's provided a tool like engaging guys through beer has been a really good way of bringing all our ex-players back in together and there's certainly there's plenty of them out there drinking it now i think what had brett stewart said the other week i thought these were collector's edition until i drank a thousand of them and now i've got, now I've got so many of them <laughs> now i'll tell you what when brett stewart hears that you offered them free beer that after that 2008 grand final he may hold you that you know what I thought? He, he, he was on the bus, by the way. Yeah. Sure well, you know was. what I was thinking yeah. when he said that? Imagine Ben and I. So our job is to make sure that the players are um, using sponsored product, basically. So at the time, we were sponsored by another beer company. So can you imagine us trying to stop a, a, a bus full of folks going, no, you can't go there. They're not our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. No, that's very good. Um, so we can talk about, I, I guess, the progression of the partnership, and that's been you came on board at the start of 2019 with the Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, the porridge rights was the big thing, having cans and bottles uh, at the ground for all our games. Uh, you were the presenting partner of our season launch in both 2019 and 2020. We moved, moved into 2020. Uh, the next step... And it was an exciting day for us when the discussion of the co-branded Manly Sea Eagles beer was brought up by your team. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that started from your end and what kind of thinking went into that? And then 
how successful that venture has been. Yeah, so I guess from a you know making beer, we make about probably on average about ninety different styles of beer a year. You know, all the way from the little you know five hundred liter Manly Brew Pub up to our big uh, Brookvale Brewery. So making beer and making different beers is something that we're we're pretty afraid, pretty attuned to. Um, we do do lots of you know collaborations with you know it might be pubs or um, uh, you know for example other artisans. You know we've done like you know, coffee infused beers and chocolate infused beers, and you know we'll co-brand mm-hmm. something and it will go out. And you know usually they're of relatively small scale. You know just for the pub, you know it might be a hundred kegs or you know whatever. And they kind of go through that over a few weeks or whatever. Um, so you know the idea of of you know a, of you know doing a unique beer. Of co-branding it, um, that wasn't uh, that wasn't um, anything new for us. But what was new is doing something, you know, of of scale, you know, of, of real mm. scale of canning it. We'd never done a canned collaboration, um, and also, and because you know, I've got a, a mate. You know, he grew up here, but he's now living in Western Australia, um, only about an hour from where I grew up. And he saw the cans come out, and he goes, "How the bloody hell do I get those?" You know, my brother-in-law's on the Sunshine Coast, and he, he's a manly supporter. You know, how they, you know, so how do I get those? So there's a much, you know, it's one thing to brew a beer and put it on, you know, with a pub group in a few of their pubs, and that that's easy, right? But you've then got the distribution piece as well to, you know, get the get the thing to, you know, all these fans that, that really want it. And as you as you were saying before, you know, you know, Brett Stewart thought it was a collector's edition, and they're pro- probably that's what a lot of people did is they bought a couple of cases, and one, you know, sits in the pool room and. You know the first batch ever off the line, um, and and the others you know for drinking, and then hopefully they've bought another two, three, four, or ten to you know behind that to, to drink after. So again, like I go to the the you know, the pub group or the you know the, the the little coffee company or chocolate company or you know whatever it might be. Um, there's kind of a lot of looseness around integrating brands, um, whereas obviously, you know the going as you said before, going back to forty seven, this is such a a strong. You know, brand with a lot of history and legacy, and you've, we've got to be really careful about it. And that can has to be something that you know every single person from you know manly past, present, and we can't say future, but past and present has to be really, really proud about and the way it looks, the way it presents, and ultimately the way it drinks as well. Um, so you know, and yeah, you know, we went for a lager, like a northern you know northern beaches lager. We you know, which is you know, lager as style is. Um, to make a to make a great lager is really hard because there's nowhere to hide. Where there's a lot of other you know beers with lots of alcohol or lots of hops or whatever you know you can, you can be a bit you know flabby, should we say, and you can kind of get away with it. But you know to, to make a good, clean, drinkable lager, um, it's it's a really you know big challenge. And uh, you know so that's you know that's what the brew team you know went and set themselves in doing. And um, you know there's a, there's enough there for the the nerds. You know like nerds love Nerds appreciate your good clean lager, and this you know, there's a, there's a subtle bit of hop character, and that's almost a little, you know, hey guys, this isn't just a commercial exercise. This is also a great beer that sits behind it. But you said before, like people people want to drink a thousand, so you you have to you have to design it in such a fashion that you know people can get a few slabs and sit around the tally and and you know watch the game and and drink it right. So it was you know a lot went into it from you know product and um, design and co branding and you know distribution and so it was our biggest collab project yet so super exciting and it's it's come off you know it's come off amazingly and you know, like i said every time we you know we've just done our second batch um 
which in my opinion was better than the first patch again from a quality perspective. Um, but I, I don't know where the sky's the limit, how much of this stuff and, and where we should get it to because it, it just it's flying off shelves. It's great. We talk about pivoting through COVID and, and all the rest. And of course, most of those cans were set for sale at uh, at Lotto Land for, for game days. And of course, when crowds weren't allowed in, uh, we had to do something about that. And of course, you took those cans back and started selling them online and in bottle shops and all the rest because the uh, need and want for them from the general public was was huge. Yeah, and you know we've had some great support on the northern beaches. You know, some bottle shops on the northern beaches have just got right around it as well. Um, so you know that's been awesome to, to you know I suppose a, a whole new channel for the Seagulls brand as well. You know, all the stuff that's being seen in bottle shops, and you know it's, it's particularly in this time where the, you know it's not being played on the footy. But then you know we augmented that with the you know the old like the old games and the the live sessions, and unfortunately. You know, we wanted to do those live sessions so fast that the we we couldn't get the second batch, you know, in time for the, you know, in time for a couple of those sessions because it's the first one sold out so quick. But exactly to your point, a, a, another great story in. Okay, we've all got a problem we're going to deal with being, you know, grounds are shut and you know we we can't go to pubs anymore and so on and so forth. But you know, I, I think more uh, that the two of us got together and said, well, what are the opportunities, you know? And that's I, I think critical, you know, in business in general um, but particularly in partnerships because you know if you enter a partnership and you can't imagine all the things and scenarios that are going to unfold if you enter a partnership and think you can document everything um, you're nuts you've got to go you've got to go into a, a partnership with a good spirit and a good energy and get some you know you got to get your high level commercials obviously sorted out but uh, you know you have to have the agility to to move when things expected and unexpected come your way and you know this has been a you know this has been great that from, you know, I, I couldn't uh, be happier actually sitting here right now about the 18 months we've had together as, you know, as, as, you know the, two, the two businesses. Yeah. And for us, I think it's good to like, everyone, we always talk about partnerships and how it, it's not, no longer sponsorship, it's partnership and that. But And then there's those, it, we always have that thought of, uh, yeah, it's always about the partnership, but then there's partnerships like this one that just make so much sense and that, it kind of feels like there was a time there, like Tommy, your um, national sponsorship manager, I was spending like every day with him for, for two weeks when we're working on the Live at the Pines thing. And then I rang him like a week after we finished the last Live at the Pines and said, you miss me? And then and he goes, actually, I've got a new idea. We're, we're going to roll this one out. So it felt really like we're just working in sync together. And then I guess it makes sense because we're so close together as well. But then that just naturally comes out in what we're presenting as well. And it just, for a while there... We're just having so much fun with it, we forgot we're even working on it. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. And Tom's a great guy, and and full of you know awesome ideas, and you know no doubt you've had a ball working with him, Luke. He's yeah, re- really good bloke. What's the guy's name that sets up the? We just give him a space, and then he just goes nuts with the, oh, with the, the fence palings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Joel, what a oh, job! What oh, a job mate. he does. Yeah, the uh, design wolf. We yes. call him. Have, have you seen? Um, because we've obviously been doing other things as well. Have you seen Arts and Crafts with Joel? Oh, unbelievable. The, the Predator oh, one. It was a bit creepy to me. <laughs> <laughs> the Predator one was one of the best things I've seen during the I didn't know what process. I was watching. <laughs> I was like, what, what am I watching? The, the puns were amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, fantastic. Look, I couldn't think uh, of a better time for a bit of a plug, obviously. The Seagulls Northern Beaches Lager uh, currently flying out the doors and available at good uh, Northern Beaches bottle shops, uh, Booze Bud 
online for those people outside the northern beaches and of course at your venues for uh, both takeaway and home delivery which is the Brookvale uh, truck bar the Manly Brew pub the the Newport venue and then Surrey Hills uh, as well and then you uh, no doubt your venues um, both north and south of uh, of New South Wales too. As you know, we can now have 10 people uh, yes. in, the, in the venues. Hopefully that's going to lift to 20 in the following weeks. So um, if you get to the right venue at the moment, there's uh, Northern Beaches Lager on tap as well. So e- even I, because of the, the booking system, I've had to book myself in tonight for dinner. Uh, it's, it's, bloody, <laughs> really? it's bloody hard to get a spot. It, yeah. really, it really is. And, and I booked as soon as it dropped, you know, knowing I'd be in, in for dinner tonight and I've got 90 minutes to drink as many of those pints as I can responsibly, you know, so. <laughs> I'm sure you will responsibly have a red hot crack. Uh, Jaron, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, it's pretty easy for Luke and I to wax lyrical uh, about beer and a partnership that we're very happy to be uh, included in. So we thank you for your time. We uh, we love the idea that this is a partnership that will run for many, many years and um, we can't wait to see what the future brings between the Manly Seagulls and Four Pints. Likewise. Cheers, Ben, and cheers, Luke. It's been great. Thanks, man. That's the full-time siren. We hear it. I think uh, we both win today. It's, uh, It's a good day. We'll crack a few more of these Northern Beaches Lager, and we'll see you again with the Seagulls Business Podcast. This has been the Seagulls Business Podcast, presented by and recorded in the studios of Merely media partner, ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Seagulls on LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Seagulls podcast channel shows, head to seagulls.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII Live Media production for the Manly Warringah Seagulls official podcast channel. 